Hey. Hey. Joe. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Today, um, I wanted to uh, rate the High School Musical. No, we did that last well, week. Well, I didn't rate. I am wearing the same clothes. If you're a patron, you can see that. Listen, you know what the audience should do right now? They should go to patreon.com, and I don't know the link, but you should look up Not Qualified Podcasts. It's probably on my, on our website, zephoster.com slash podcast. But anyway, you should go support us on Patreon, because then you get access to video episodes and early episodes and whatever other garbage we want to put on there. Um, I'll be honest, I wouldn't, if I were you, I would not give more than $5. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I, I would feel guilty if you did. Thank um, you. Thanks, Megan. Anyway, um, but yeah, go to Patreon and support us, and then we can do more stuff like this. Yeah. And if you don't go to Patreon and support us, we might accidentally kill you with a crime wave. Today we're talking about Sam Raimi's masterpiece, Spider-Man 3. It already happened. The audi- from the audience's perspective, it already happened. It's like Tenet. What's like Tenet? Did we review Tenet? Yeah. Remember, because the name of the episode was not qualified to Don. I feel like I should. I don't listen to these. I mean, I don't. I don't either. I was here. You're right, but I also have. I don't do any work besides coming into this room and talking through my Yeah. Whatever. Welcome back to Two Guys, Two Mice. And today we're talking about Crime Wave. So if you're not aware, I am a, well, not just me. Who am I to, to be presumptuous? Both of us are huge Sam Raimi shills. Uh, we love Sam Raimi. Would you say the same? Shill is a little bit strong of a word for me. I would say fanatic. Oh, I feel like that's stronger. <laughs> okay. So we both like Sam Raimi. Um, both of our first introduction to that man was through his 2002 classic, Spider-Man. Got to be praised. And Spider-Man is the best superhero movie ever made. Spider-Man 2 is the second best, and then it goes and on then from there. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the third best. Yep. And then Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I feel like Batman again, Begins and Dark Knight would be above Logan. Those are also... Anyway. Those, I would agree with you. Logan, you have a lot of extra material. You got you got a lot of baggage. Yeah. Although oh. that's the only X-Men movie I've ever seen. Which is so <laughs> You missed a lot of content. Yeah, I know, I didn't understand that movie at all. Yeah. To be fair, you also didn't grow up with it, so it wasn't as heart-wrenching for you. I didn't grow up. So today we're talking about Crime Wave. Listen, we're talking about Hook. Today, today we're talking about Peter Pan. <laughs> Listen, uh, so here's the backstory. I love Sam Raimi. I love Evil Dead. His masterpiece. I love Evil Dead 2, which is more of a masterpiece. Army of Darkness. I had a poster in my room as a kid. I love Darkman. I love The Quick and the Dead. I love Spider-Man. And honestly, I was honest. I, I was fine with Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. It was fine. Uh, among Sam Raimi's other works. I love Drag Me to Hell. That's a good movie, too. Yeah. So Sam Raimi is a great director. He's actually my second favorite director ever, besides... Behind? You want me to say it? I thought you were going to say it. Dramatic. Oh. John, John Landis. 
Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. John Carpenter. Oh. So, anyway. Yeah, the, the Toy Story guy? Yeah. yeah. I just didn't think I had the first one. No, you, had, you got it. You might have. Mike? Oh, it's John. Like every other person. No, I was talking about the microphone. Is no. it working? It's working, I think. Cool. Anyway, so, Sam Raimi, here's the backstory. I always knew this movie existed because I've read Bruce Campbell's autobiography. Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi grew up together, best friends, made a movie together called Evil Dead, were catapulted to semi-fame, and uh, the rest is... I guess it's history. It's not in any books, um, except for Bruce Campbell's autobiography, which I read. And he talked about how after they made Evil Dead, which was endorsed by Stephen King, uh, huge success, one of the most successful independent films ever made, they were thrust into Hollywood. And uh, they were like, well, what do we do now? we got to make a real movie with a studio. And uh, so at the time, this is what I wanted to talk about a little more than anything else because it just flabbergasted me. When Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and their friend Scott Spiegel moved to Hollywood to try to make it after Evil Dead, they lived in an apartment with some other celebrities who were also trying to make it at the time. And (laughs) the people they lived with were, uh, I'm going to list them. You ready? All these people currently not famous, now, present day, very famous. But they all lived in one apartment together when they were trying to make it. Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, Scott Spiegel. Joel and Ethan Cohen, the Cohen brothers. Um, Francis McDormand, who would go on to marry one of the Cohen brothers and also be one of my favorite actresses. Mm-hmm. Holly Hunter, uh, who's been in crap ton of stuff, uh, but uh, most of our audience probably knows her as the voice of Elastigirl. Okay. And uh, Kathy Bates, also known as the girl from Misery, Stephen King who endorsed Evil Dead. Anyway, all these people lived in a, a an apartment together. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that's pretty whack. It's pretty wild. So Joel and Ethan Cohen and Sam Raimi together wrote a script called The XYZ Murders, which was just, it's on it. So they pitch it to a studio. They finally got, I think, Warner Brothers or somebody to accept it. And the studio immediately said, look, you got to change the name. We want it to be Crime Wave. So Crime Wave became the title of the movie. And that's the movie I'm talking about today. Um, I watched it. I always knew it existed. I knew that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and everyone who worked on this movie hated it and thought it was terrible. Everybody hates it and sees it as like a black spot on their resume. I wanted to watch it because it sounded cool and uh, it's Sam Raimi. It can't be bad. So I watched it. It was on Tubi. You ever use Tubi? Tubi or not Tubi. Anyway, I watched Crime Wave and uh, dude, it was rad. It was awesome. Tell me all about it. All right, I will. It's a flawed masterpiece, is how I will put it. It's not perfect, but it, it's it like uh, you can see all the pieces of a w- amazing movie that were messed up by inexperience and studio intervention. So the studio was terrible in this movie. That's Sam hard. Raimi and Studios. Yeah, they hate him. You know why they hate him? Because uh, no, they no. <laughs> Studios hate Sam Raimi because, well, they did in the 80s and 90s at least, because his, uh, for his two most, he made Evil Dead 1 and 2 without a studio. He made, he did it completely on his own independently, and studios don't like that. And, and the MPA doesn't like that. And, uh, so they actually, some of his later movies like Dark Man were rated R, even though they didn't deserve it, just because the MPA hated him for making an independent movie. Anyway, all that's beside the point. The point is Crime Wave is rad. 
but it's a little weird, and I'm going to tell you about it. So they made this movie. Sam Raimi's like 21. Like, they're young. They made The Evil Dead when they were like 19 or 18. Um, and so they're young guys who get thrown millions of dollars, like $2.5 million to make a movie, and they have no idea what they're doing. So quickly, they go over budget and over schedule. Um, because Sam Raimi didn't know, they just didn't know what they were doing. You know, they didn't know how unions worked. They didn't know about hidden fees that they were dealing with and all this stuff, but they did know how to make an entertaining movie. So they filmed it in Detroit, which is where they're from, not in Hollywood. And yeah. And they, uh, I, I just wanted to talk about it cause I watched it and I was expecting it to be just a crappy amateur job. And it wasn't, it was like, this could have been so good if it was left. If they just let him do it, if they just gave him a little more money and just let him do it. Um, he, this movie is very clearly a Joel and Ethan Coen script because it's, imagine your typical Coen Brothers movie, right? Like, what do you think of? I think of bleak realism. Yep. Quirky dialogue. Yeah. And uh, you would be exactly right. So th- it's weird because it's a script that's clearly written by Joel and Ethan Coen. But directed by Sam Raimi. And so it's this weird mash of tones. So the script, the on paper, it seems like it'd be dark. It's about a couple of hitmen that are hired by a businessman to kill his partner in his law firm. Because his, or his partner in his business, the security business. that He hires two hitmen to kill him because he thinks that, because the other guy is trying to sell out the company from under them. Did they, was this go on to inspire them to write Fargo? I think maybe. I don't know because it's about two hitmen. That's why I'm like reading yeah. this as such clearly a Joel and Ethan Cohen script. Yeah. It's about two hitmen that are hired. This guy hires two hitmen to kill his partner. And then things just go horribly wrong and like tons of people die in the, get caught in the crossfire. These hitmen end up killing tons of people in the process and uh, everything falls apart. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it sounds like Fargo. Except that it is a cartoon. It's like a live action cartoon. It's so over the top with a Sam Raimi like crazy camera and like physical humor. It felt like a Three Stooges skit mixed with like really dark, a really dark script on paper that comes across like a cartoon, which I thought was genius. It was hilarious. Um, some other stuff about the Tubi's free, by the way. Um, some other stuff about it. The cinematography was great, of course, because it's Sam Raimi. It's got these really creative shots, but also the lighting was great. Like the color in this movie, mm-hmm. there's like tons of neon and uh, like pinks and blues and oranges and stuff. Like it's very, very, I don't know, just very vibrant. Yes. But it's like all takes place at night during like a crazy storm. And so there's like wind and stuff's blowing around all the time. But uh, I was reading about the making of this movie. And I just remember reading that Sam Raimi, like, it's his first experience with a real studio. So he has to go through unions and have all these safety protocols that he hated. And so he would just, like, film at times when people didn't know he was filming. You know what I mean? Like, when the supervisors weren't on set and do really dangerous stuff. Like, there's a car chase at the end where people are on top of the cars and getting, and, like, there's POV shots from the car's point of view. And apparently he got those because he actually put the cameraman on top of the cars with no harness and there's points where the camera like rolls off the car because these people actually fell off the cars on the Detroit highway. That's balling. Yeah. And like all this other stuff, like the, they filmed it during the winter, but it wasn't supposed to be during the winter in the movie. So like they had to blow up the river because there was a scene where a car had to go off the bridge into the river and the river was frozen. 
and they couldn't, they were out there trying to break it, like throw rocks on it to break the river and they couldn't do it. So they just got dynamite without a permit and blew up the river in Detroit. And like a bunch of people were electrocuted or like had stuff fall on them. And then like to make it look like there was a storm going on, he, he, he flew, he flew in these big, he flew in these big old boats like fishing boats, alligator boats from Florida with the big old propellers yeah, and just had them set up on stilts in the street blowing it 24-7 to make it look like there was wind all the time. And the people that lived in the apartment buildings in these streets like couldn't sleep for weeks. <laughs> like it just is insane that this movie ever got made. Uh, but it was really good. It was like a live action cartoon and uh, it's just weird. So if you like Sam Raimi, you should watch it. Um, I love both of those directors. Yeah. And they, uh, this is also apparently the reason that Joel and Ethan Cohen, from this point on, they never let anyone else direct one of their scripts. They only directed their own, you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. wrote everything they directed because it was just such a bad experience all around. They yeah. just, everybody was like, I'm not doing another movie like this where I don't have control. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think it still turned out great. Even though the studio came in afterward and that cut it up. Oh, another thing. Nobody's ever heard of this movie because after sinking millions of dollars into it, the studio decided... Um, that they didn't want to. Uh, what did they decide? They decided they didn't want to release it because they didn't like it. They thought it was so bad they didn't want to release it, and so they just. But they had a contract with HBO for TV rights, so and the contract said they had to release it in theaters. So they released it in like two theaters, in Alaska and in Kansas, and that's it for like a week. So the movie only made five thousand dollars at the box office. Total. What's weird is in anyone else's career, this would be in career ending. Like there's a lot of people in movie history who have made one great movie. They get a deal for a big budget movie and they blow it. And then their career is done. Like Neil Blomkamp, he made district nine and then he made that weird chappy movie. And now his career is over. And that's just like, happens to tons of people. But for some reason it happened to Sam Raimi and he just recovered because he went right back to the woods at home and made Evil Dead 2 on his own money. And uh, it's just like, I don't know, it's just a weird story. This, I was going to say this earlier. Long before that kid who made the back rooms or somebody that our kids talked about as an influential director. Yeah. What's his name? I forget his name. The back rooms was great. That kid, if he's not going to be a director, he's going to be a, like a VFX artist or something. He's uh, he'll work on movies. He's going to, he's going to do something. I had more stuff. I was going to talk about crime wave, like the specifics of it, but I think people just need to watch it and let us know what you think. Yeah, I'll definitely because it's um, it's just it's a weird movie, you know. But it, I I loved it. Like I loved every second of it. I thought it was great. It's the kind of movie I want to own. Uh, it's also one of those that I feel like it's like one of those where the creators of it hate it because of the bad experience and everything, and they didn't turn out like they wanted. But I think it's still really good. It's the same thing with uh, Mister Magorium's Wonder Important, directed by what's his name, who wrote Stranger Than Fiction, and uh, he hates that movie. And he won't even let his kids have it in the house. Like he, he's ashamed of it and he hates it. It made him retire from making movies. 
I think Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium is a fine film. I like it. It's uh, it's just like a good, it's just like a good heartwarming little little flick. It's good. Yeah. He doesn't need to be ashamed of it, but he is. So. He shouldn't. Be. He, I love. Early. Got bumped out by High School Musical three. Yeah, for sure. Which I would rate that whole trilogy at a forty. Oh, I need to rate Crime. Okay, forty for High School Musical. Really? One, two, three. Is that high? Well, it's not. A, I didn't dislike it. Okay, it yeah, was actually enough. funny enough. Like I laugh genuinely. I all of it's unintentional. It yeah, mean for me. Right. But it's entertaining enough. I'll give it some credit. I'd watch it again. Nice. Way to watch it, but fair enough. Okay. Right. I'm gonna give Crime Wave a 31. That's a good score. Thank you, NSU, for sponsoring these episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and thank you to um, Liquid Death for also sponsoring this. Thank you for COVID 19 virus. For spam risk, always checking up on me. Appreciate it. Thank you for the music. Yes. Thanks. Thanks uh, for giving it to me. Uh, talking about next week, we're talking about Reverend Fire Lake. What? What do you say? <laughs> oh, Grave of the Fireflies. Or he? I think we're actually going to talk about. Grand Booba Best Hotel. Booba Best.